Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 40, Trail Blunders Are Real. <laughs> Being our first podcast of the very new year, we will pay homage to resolutions and why it's perfectly okay to fumble in a big way on them. We actually believe that resolutions are not meant to be achieved in the state of perfection, but rather a general guide to steer you towards those goals. You may fumble, you'll likely fall, but you're going to get right back up and continue that journey. And that is exactly what tonight's podcast is all about. We're sharing with you our top 10 trail blunders and mishaps from our outdoor experiences, all for your entertainment at our expense. Each story holds value and lessons learned with an entirely new perspective on how to trust the trail. Yeah, absolutely. And when we say trust the trail, it's not just something we we say. It's because it's from years of experience and trail blunders. We've learned that everything always ends up being okay. Always. And that's kind of like how life is. You know, when you fall down in life, you know, when things don't go right in life, you know, you pick yourself up and you know, you start over again. It's just harder to do that sometimes when you feel like... When you're like soaking it. wet in the rain. <laughs> when, and when you have, your tarp rips down. When you're hell. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. But it's it's truly the same concept, so... Yeah. yeah, it really is, you know, and so we thought we would make fun of ourselves on this podcast and share with you some of our biggest, biggest trail blunders, really, because um, they're pretty epic and things go wrong on the trail all the time, and but that's never kept us from going back out there and enjoying no, it was never, not once. Every single one of these, we had to trust in our environment and trust in the situation and trust in our in our level of both knowledge and um, a, a positive way of our of, of getting out of the situation. Right. But um, we picked, um, yeah. I guess I guess without further ado, here are the most humorous top ten. Trail blunders in no order whatsoever. No order whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one, lost in a canyon. Yeah. So being outdoor guides, um, we I, we went to the north rim of the Grand Canyon and we took we took some newbies out there. Um, and a couple of people were our friends that we knew from before. So it was kind of a pretty comfortable situation. Um you know, it you know it was pretty light, pretty flexible, um, and you would think that we'd be able to find a fifty-mile hole in the ground, <laughs> um, but that seemed to be a little bit of a problem. So we literally <laughs> got lost in the Calib National Forest on the North Rim, trying, trying through backcountry <laughs> roads from hell, man. I mean, it's like a spider web. Of, of roads down there and um we went to the and, visitor center and, and things are not well labeled they are well they're not well, labeled they're not at labeled. all <laughs> and so when we went to um we went to the visitor center to ask for a map she actually gave us a xerox copy of a piece of paper that was um that looked like, like it had been copied a hundred million times and perhaps that it had been um a, a a preschool right um <laughs> something from a preschool but um but yeah so we lesson lesson learned big time on bring that. your own map um but, well, but, but we the, did the, and we got lost it took us it took us three hours to find the trailhead and and 
him. The the four of us were were sitting there. There were there were cows in our way, and we just stopped the car, and we yeah. were trying all four of us to stare at this map. And we were all silent for what felt like the longest time. Yep. You know, after hours of trying to find this trailhead. And we had to figure out every possible scenario that we were not thinking of to try and figure out where we currently were on this this preschool drawing map that had been Xerox two and it was million pretty times. Frust- it was pretty frustrating <laughs> to know that not only were we guiding people you know, um, but we could not find this big, gigantic hole in the ground. Oh, we got um, <laughs> That seems so obvious to be able to find, It's right? really hard to find where you need to go when you don't know where you are. Right, right, right. <laughs> so Absolutely. It dawned... I, I will give myself a pat on the back. It dawned on me somehow. And you I did don't find even it. Remember Ariane found we, it. We found our location, and we were able to find our way. Yeah. And uh, that has to be a pretty big blunder. It was a big blunder. <laughs> Absolutely. That has to rank as to... One Probably. Of the, I, it, it's got to be the top three blunders. <laughs> Not being able to find the Grand Canyon on the North Rim. Yeah, big lesson but, learned. But we did find it. We we actually went for people that know that area. Went to the Bob Hall Trail, um, and that, we were looking for the Bob Hall Trailhead. And so um, we did actually finally find it. Um, big hole in the ground. Big hole in the ground. <laughs> it did exist. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two, tenting in wind. This also this happened. This was a Grand Canyon adventure. <laughs> this was. The, both of these come directly from the Grand Canyon itself. Um, but so I was a little. We Okay, we tarp. Everybody probably right. knows that at this point. Right. We, we sleep under a tarp. Um, I had not up to this point had any any true experiences with scorpions and i was a little nervous going in to tarp without having that experience with scorpions and i had heard horror stories and this that and the other and i think everybody was trying to steer me away from this trip for some reason um obviously that wasn't going to hold me back however um, I convinced Scott that we were going to take um, our REI half dome, very heavy. Right. But <laughs> that was the only tent that we had at that point that we felt comfortable taking. Yep. Um, so we don't use a tent very often. And in all the elements that had occurred that morning, um, I didn't really think through the scenario. Scott's cooking breakfast for us. And, and I decided, okay, we were in the Esperlande. So it was like this wide open space yep. up on the very top of the Grand Canyon. And I had unstaked the tent and I had unstaked it first. And I didn't pull the poles out. So at this point, it was like a huge sail. It was like a kite. It was like a flying kite. That, that tent wind, started going down the Grand the Canyon wind. like... I thought, the oh wind. my God, we have just lost our tent. And if, if, you if it had imagine, just gone like maybe another 10 more yards, we would have, it, it would have been, been down in the canyon for sure, man. It, it was so crazy. the wind took it and picked it up. And I've never seen a tent like tumble, like right. tumbleweed just yep. going in this wide open yeah. space further and further and further down the canyon. All of us were chasing it. And um, it was 
pretty humorous, specifically because we got it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so lesson learned. Don't unstake. In wind, never uh, <laughs> unstake tent. your tent first. Always, you know, try to undo the poles and... <laughs> And, but never unstake it first in high wind. That, that is a recipe I've never for made disaster. that mistake since. No, 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 no. All right, number three, Curse of the Grommet. Yeah. So um, another wind story. Yeah. Um, we were... Tend uh, to it, have issues It happened with this year. So uh, my, my tarp of 10 years um, finally bit the dust. Uh, we were high up on the Appalachian Trail in Virginia at a place called Grassy Ridge. And uh, it is grassy. There's no place. There are no trees up there. It's a bald, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a few trees in sections. When you go down in elevation. But, you know, we wanted to stay up on top of the grassy ridge. And it was beautiful. But that night, uh, we experienced probably, I don't know, 45, 50 mile per hour wind gusts. And... Maybe it was an epic. It was an epic gear failure. So we had a stake now with a, with a ten by twelve tarp. You have six guidelines. Um, you have three on the right and three on the left, and then you have two other guidelines that you stake it down with your. Um, we had to use our hiking poles to um, to pitch it. So in the middle of the night, like all we kept on hearing was these grommets popping and ripping the tarp and so i think and we'd, we'd get up and we'd rig the tarp and at some point in time if one more grommet would have ripped our, it there would have been, been no solution there would have been no more solution i mean we were tying it to rocks we were trying we were rigging the tarp every way we could this may have been the one the one and only time that i have cursed uh, a stake a stake yeah yeah i don't know I what you know what did you say it was about the sixth time that I had gotten out of my sleeping bag uh, to tie back down the tarp. And um, I think I cursed bloody hell and just started yelling. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think you did. I think you said bloody hell. Why won't you stay in or something like that? And I did. Don't so, I mean like you're you're actually talking to a to a, a tent stake like, at that point. At time. this point, I am like yelling Ooh, at it. You lost it. <laughs> but. But um, but that's what that, that's real stuff that happens on the trail. Like you know, when we were high up on a ridge, got very windy. Um, there's nothing you can do. We could have dropped down, but you're at that point where you know it's it's in the middle of the night. Maybe it's two, three o'clock in the morning. I mean, and it's a matter of do we want to take? Do we want to like pack up, pack up, and then drop down off the ridge, and um, then, which or, we could have done. Or were we, because it wasn't cold, it wasn't it like out. we were uncomfortable, you know, like uncomfortable I mean, it was, in a cold it way. It was definitely chilly, but it wasn't miserable. Right, it wasn't cold. miserable. So we just kind of decided to just kind of leave it. And and that morning we had the most beautiful gift. Um, we not only got to watch this this unbelievably beautiful uh, sunrise directly from our sleeping bags, but we had two deer come in um they almost came right in the tarp on um, right almost, almost right, under, right the tarp underneath the tarp and say hello to our dogs and so that was pretty amazing which is amazing because our dogs will bark at anything but two deer coming into the tarp they obviously care. they didn't really care about that <laughs> all right so. so number four reoccurring dreams oh my god this is such a bad one <laughs> this is a bad one so <laughs> let me let me kind of set this up real quick i mean you got a few minutes 
Yeah, there's not that many times where you actually... Um, I felt... Let's see. if It's almost like a Hunger Games movie. <laughs> when you're standing in a field and you're... you're in the wilderness, and it was remote okay. wilderness. It was in the Natahala National Forest. And you're standing there, and a Black Hawk helicopter comes right at you, hovers over your camp spot. Not once, but three times. Three times. <laughs> and at some point in time, it looks like people are going to jump out and propel down. And, I mean... It was pretty scary. So we're at the Bob Wald Wilderness um, in the Natahala National Forest. And um, beautiful, beautiful area. And um, we're in the Joyce Kilmore Wilderness, actually. And we had, again, taken some new people out backpacking. <laughs> we met up with my friend, uh, Brian DeLay. If you're and new and going backpacking with us, you're you probably, do not want this to happen You are to rest you. assured something crazy yeah. to happen with us. It happens right. every time. And so we're up on top of Bob, Bob Stratton Bald and enjoying ourselves. It was a full moon, beautiful night. And we had a nice little oh, campfire going. Gorgeous. And all of a sudden, this Black Hawk helicopter comes at us <laughs> in low elevation. And and by at us, we mean extremely low to where we are literally blown by yeah. the wind. Like and blown by the So it passes, us, it passes us. And we're like, okay, that's weird. And didn't think anything of it because it flew away. But then it <laughs> turned around and came back again. And so this time it's lower. And it comes by us again. So and this time it goes on stealth mode and turns well, off all of the third <laughs> time it came around the third time it came around it now it's very slow and as it's coming up to us it turns off its lights and it it changes it goes into like what I would have to say stealth mode because right. the whole sound of the blades change uh, alter completely you know they turn off the lights and now they're they're hovering over us and at that point when everybody is about to say run. It's it's that, that moment in time where you're like, should we run for our life? Right. Or do we wait and see what happens? Right. Like, did something happen in the world? <laughs> do we not know about? You know, like what happened, you know? And, and why are they coming? Why these, are they messing with us? These new backpackers with yeah, us. They're and going they are terrified. Before. So at that point where we're about to say run and we're pretty afraid, Ariane felt it necessary to say out loud. You know, I have this reoccurring dream of this helicopter coming and killing everybody. And we're like, now, do you think that's a good time to let us know about that? I don't think I was conscious it was loud, like out loud. And so, and then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, it, <laughs> and all of a sudden it just took off. It took, never it just, to be seen again. Never to be seen again. We did actually find a ranger, though, uh, a couple days later who said that some kids... Um, were lost and there was a search and rescue attempt and they thought that we might we, have been the party we had might might have been the party uh but it was i mean it was pretty freaky to have a black hawk helicopter you know like right above us i mean it was within I mean, feet uh, yeah. it was very it was pretty close i mean we could could see detail and of course after we resuscitated our new backpackers <laughs> And say, no, trust the trail. It's good. It's, it's good. Fine. Everything always happens. I'm like, well, are you kidding me? We are almost abducted. But <laughs> it was great. All right. Uh, number five, without a way home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this, this 
this is totally about trusting the trail. Um, this is totally about trusting the trail. So uh, on a backpacking trip in Mount Rogers recreation area uh, with my friend Brian, uh, that was before you and I met. Yes. Him and I did a, I think we did like a three night, four day backpacking trip in and around Mount Rogers area. It might've been longer than that. I can't remember. And um, I had these old hiking pants on uh, that, you know, the back pocket was pretty much torn. And um, I had put my truck key, my car key in the back of my pants and didn't realize that the hole in my pocket had gotten so big. And so we did this backpacking trip. On the last morning, um, we're about to leave. And you know how you kind of do like this check with everything, just kind of make sure you have everything. Well, um, my car key was gone. And so I had no car key. And now I'm, this is when I lived in Chicago. I'm in Virginia, kind of a long way. Okay. And I have no way to get in my car. So we hike back to my car. And as we hike back, we pass some hikers. Now, the part of where we're hiking back is on the Appalachian Trail. And so we meet these hikers. And, we're, and jokingly, my friend goes, hey, if you, if you see a car key on the trail, it's my buddy's. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, yeah, okay. And so um, the whole hijinks of trying to get a car key made um, when you're up on a mountain is difficult. We drove down, down to the nearest town, which was an hour away, only to have the Chevy guy, because I had a Chevy truck, say, yeah, I can make you a car key. No problem. Do you have the title to your car? It's in the car. I go, it's in the car. <laughs> He goes, do you have a VIN number? I go, it's in the car. He goes, do you have proof that you own the car? I go, it's in the car. <laughs> so uh, finally, we I finally called my insurance agent. He faxed over my insurance sheet. That was good enough for the uh, Chevy dealership. They made me a key. Go back to my car after. It's like about three hours, right? I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to have to have a car towed. I'm going to have to break into the car. You know, all, all, all these things. As we come back to the car, Literally at the same time as we're coming back to the car, people are coming off the trail and they, they the first thing they say is, hey, did anybody lose a car key? <laughs> they found my car key on the Appalachian Trail and then I had a duplicate. So now I had two car keys but to get in my car. But you never would have been in that circumstance to find your key had you not gone through all those steps. I know. So it was just kind of weird um, that the key you know found was found you. and it found me and so that was a really big trust the trail just trust the trail it's all going to be okay you know it's all going to be okay which leads us to six three times the charm oh my god talk about trusting the trail yeah. <laughs> and, and the people, people really right. right right so we have shared this story with you before if you've been listening to um our podcast for a while um Three flat tires in about 15 minutes apart from one another. <laughs> Probably. Um, but that was actually after um, we had received two flat tires a couple weeks before that and another flat tire about four weeks before that. All on the same road in the same place. Yeah. And, you know, I been... it was one one could say maybe tr don't travel that road. Yeah, well, Again. they had, but in all fairness, they they had just resurfaced that road with new gravel, right. you know. But but uh, to make a a long story short, um, we had 
it couldn't believe it. You hear a pop, and we're like, oh my gosh, we just been through this a couple weeks ago. Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> it takes us a long time. Uh, it's the people on the actual, like, the, the trailheads, the, um, the, you know, the, the, the roads, the forest roads that helped us out. We finally get it all fixed. We get hitched into town. We get the stuff we need. Um, we're able to change our tire. We're like, oh, thanks. All is well. We're driving up and maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't even think it was five um, minutes. Five, maybe, maybe. Not even five. I, I doubt. It was, I don't even think we went 100 yards. <laughs> all of a sudden, I was like, Scott, you're never going to believe this. You have another flat tire. I thought she was lying. I mean, I couldn't believe. I'm like, how could anybody be so mean and cruel to screw? I mean, I just got done. It took me an hour to fix the tire, and that's not easy on a gravel road. But I did have, uh, I did have a, like a truck jack, but um, it wasn't easy. And so I'm like, how could anybody be so so cruel as to make that joke? But she wasn't joking. And it was indeed a flat tire. It was like 100 yards after I changed that tire, we had another flat tire. And then a third one blew. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, you guys have probably heard this story, but it definitely goes into our top 10 blunders on the trail. Well, because- the funny thing about that is that when we got the tires fixed, okay, um, we had, we were, again, we were taking people out in the Cahada Wilderness. That's in the northern Georgia mountains and the girl who um, was following us she had a Jeep Wrangler right and so at one point in time when the second tire blew she's in front of us with a Jeep Wrangler and I'm like okay well at least we have a person that can drive me into town right and I can get a new tire so as we pull over on the side of the road a huge thunderstorm is coming Right? Remember? Oh, it started massive. coming. Yeah, it was so summer. We're like, oh, good. Well, Hannah's here. You know, we've got this Jeep. We can go. And as we're talking, I look down and Hannah's tire is going flat. <laughs> okay. So now we have my car that's disabled. Hannah's, ca- Hannah's tire is going flat. I'm like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, well, don't worry. Hannah has a big spare tire on the back of her Jeep Wrangler. So I go, Hannah, I can change your tire, go back into town. Get a new tire for me and we'll be good. Do you have your lock wrench that takes off the spare tire on the back of your Jeep? And she she said, has no lock wrench. What, what is that? What's a lock wrench? <laughs> so she had no lock wrench. So now I have to stare at a, at a spare tire that I know I can fix, but I can't get off. And oh meanwhile, all hell is night. breaking loose in the yeah, sky. Yeah, and then it just starts storming and raining. <laughs> and we actually end up camping at the, on the side of the road. Right there. Oh, right there um, on I, the gravel road. I think that probably goes down in our top five moments of being 100%, maybe even more, but completely okay with the situation as is, and we remain positive and we worked through the problem and we trusted the help that was around us. And I couldn't even believe it. Somebody we knew pulled up and was like, Ariane, is that you? Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. Yep. And all was good. Talk about trusting the trail yep. on an entirely new level. I couldn't yep. have even imagined. So yeah. that was a good one. And, you know, and, you know, it's, it's just 
the hiking community, you know, when you're out there, everyone knows that it's, you know, it can be difficult sometimes, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's no fun getting a flat tire on a forest road, let me tell you. All right. <laughs> so that brings us to seven, buried alive. Yeah, buried alive. So I learned, um, so this, this, this was a really big gear failure um, on my part and, and maybe not planning and preparing like I should have. I uh, went on a, um, uh, a sea kayak trip in um, southern Georgia to, uh, from Tybee Island to Little Tybee Island. And um, it was a great kayak trip. Uh, and one of the nights that we, that I stayed there, um, I had my tarp. I bring my tarp everywhere. But on this particular night, I tarped on the beach thinking it was going to be really beautiful. I get to see the full moon. Um, but we had again, like 30, 35 mile per hour sustained winds that night. And Georgia's a windy state. Well, it was that night <laughs> and nothing was worse than having all that sand coming into my tarp no matter how i pitched it no matter what i did the sand just started burying me and so at one point in time the tarp was making so much noise and you know it stakes were coming undone you know I, I mean it was so hard to keep this thing in the sand and and keep it up at one point in time, someone came out of the tent at 3 o'clock in the morning and asked me, they're like, Scott, are you okay? And I'm like, I think so. And I was just like, I look up and half of my gear is buried in the sand. <laughs> I mean, it, it was so funny. Like, all my, I mean, just all my bags. And I brought, like, a Coleman stove because, you know, I just tied it to the kayak to cook. And yeah, it was buried in the sand. And that was also the trip where you left your entire food bag at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, or I left my food bag at <laughs> it was home. Quite the trip. It was a great trip. I mean, I had a lot of fun on that trip, but um, I made a mental note never, ever, ever, ever bring a tarp to a sandy beach on the ocean because you're going to get blown away. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty epic failure. It was fun at first, but then after the... I mean, I, I had sand everywhere in, for weeks. I mean, for weeks, all my gear had complete sand in it. But um, but live and learn, right? That's, that's one of the things that the trail teaches you. <laughs> so true. It also teaches you, just don't pack it in. Like, that was your epic failure. <laughs> this is... Um, this was our Christmas epic trip, right? Yeah, three uh, three states, three national forests in three days um, over Christmas break. And um, I had this brilliant idea. And I mean, brilliant. Nobody had ever thought about this before. And so I decided to go for it. It was a last minute decision as we're at the car, throwing last minute stuff into our pack. And the sky is completely ominous and we are going in deep deep into the wilderness just for the night and the the reports are calling for hail thunderstorms all night of course we're going in it doesn't matter right i'm like you know what i really don't think our dogs should have to remain wet all night long because it's winter i mean it's it's like it was december 24th i think or December 23rd, and 
the temperatures were calling for like extremely, <laughs> extremely low. My dog is humping my other dog. <laughs> so speaking of our dogs, yeah. um, and so I was like, well, I'm just going to throw in two towels so that <laughs> I could dry them off. I know. <laughs> That was the dumbest, brilliant idea I have ever had in it my life. It sounded entire. like it would have been smart in the Scott beginning. Scott just looks at me. And he's like, whatever. It's it's your weight. And it, this was no little rainfall. It was an epic flood. I mean, we... I can't even really tell you what was going through my mind to make, to oh, make me think was, this was a good idea. But, it was um, an epic flood, too. We start the trail, and it starts hailing. And sleeting and everything oh, else. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible, and terrible I, weather. My, our dogs are looking at us with their... Tail tucked but underneath going, are you for real? You're making me do this? And finally the hill stops. It's raining. It's raining all night. It's raining, raining, raining. Of course, we have a tarp. And so we set up in like the only campsite we can find. And we are flooded out to the most, the most epic flooding that I have ever been in ever on a camping trip. To the point where... Our dogs are on top of us, and we are still floating. Yeah, yeah, we were almost <laughs> floating. Like river. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. I but mean, we were determined that we were not going to uh, bail on this trip, even though we had talked about it all night. We well, that was one of the first. Night. That was one of the first times that we actually thought of. I mean, it was raining so hard I can that we did you, think about bailing at three o'clock in the morning. We, we, we really did. did. I mean, everything was wet. And I can assure you, our dogs were dry for a hot second with that towel. Yeah, for a hot second, <laughs> and then and then Ariane realized that. Uh, two wet to... towels, completely soaking wet, adds about ten pounds to her backpack. She was like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, what have I thought? Okay. We had we had a we had a trek coming. We had a, we we had a good I don't know like about four miles coming out of there towels, to get back to the car. Towels do get wet and they don't stay dry. I don't. I cannot even tell you how ridiculously brilliant that was. Right. All right. Um. <laughs> So, uh, second to last is going hungry. Yeah, so um, this was a pretty epic fail on my part. So, I had taken um, some people out. They wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail. And so, I took them out and we did a just a quick three-day trip from uh, Max Patch to Hot Springs, North Carolina, which which is a beautiful area, beautiful uh, hiking area. So... um, you know, it was a pretty easy trip. Uh, I, I kind of pack light, um, but I had gotten to a habit of, well, I mean, you know, when you go to hang your food, you go to hang your uh, food bag for the night. I had gotten so good at it that um, I you got just, cocky. I got a little cocky, yeah. and I just kind of would fling my my rock bag over the tree and blah, blah, blah. And it'd be done. And I, I mean, I was sidearming it. I was, I was getting pretty good at it. Right. And so on this trip, we, it was our first night. We'd gone to Max Patch. It was beautiful. And I'm like, okay, let's go in to hang their food bags. And, you know, we're kind of going over how to do it. And, and I had three girls on the trip and the, and all three girls did math. I mean, they were, they did Great. They all hung their food bags. It was great. It was my turn. Three girls that are looking up to him for guidance. Right. I might ask. Right. And so, and so I thought, okay, so instead of getting my rock bag, I got lazy and I'm like, oh, the tree limb's right there. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it right up there. I hooked it to my food bag and I flung my food bag up there 
and my food bag went around the tree limb perfectly. It was like the perfect throw. I mean, the girls went, oh, it was the perfect throw and then... until my food bag kept going. And woof, it wrapped woof, woof. It, it wrapped around the tree limb three times because of the weight of the food bag was so heavy. And, well, not heavy, but heavier than a rock bag. And it, it flipped around and I was like, oh. That's problematic. And it was stuck. I mean, it was stuck. And the only thing I could think of is like, well, I'm going to have to break my rope. You know, I'm going to have to pull it. Well, I tried and I couldn't break it. It wasn't moving. And so then I started rationing like what I had. I'm like, oh my God, I mean, I'm gonna have to ration my food. My food bag is gone. I'm like, what do I have? I'm like, thank God I had coffee. My coffee was not in my food bag. And why so was it not in your food bag? I had taken some stuff out. I don't, I'm not really sure what I was doing. Maybe I was making coffee, I don't know. But, um, but anyway, um, we got this gigantic um, stick and finally, I hit that food bag just right with that, with this big gigantic trim. It was heavier than hell. Um, I hit that food bag and it wrapped itself back around and actually fell. Um, I was very, very lucky. But that was probably not only an epic failure on my part, but probably one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me <laughs> on the trail. <laughs> was like, okay, girls, now this is what you do. Now and that's a whole podcast altogether. Most embarrassing moments. I don't even know if I want to share but, this publicly. You know, yeah, that a- absolutely went wrong. <laughs> All right, which leads us to our very last one and probably... Oh the most special one to us holds dear in our heart uh the curse on donnelly the curse on donnelly cabin donnelly cabin is located Mm -hmm. in tennessee we've done a podcast about donnelly we have done a podcast yes yep and um that place is extremely special to us but But it floods every year every Every year year. there's like inclement weather to get there (laughs) it's either a flood or snow or something like that we cannot plan to go to Donnelly without something churning in the weather days before we go. (laughs) And it is the curse of Donnelly. And we have never been able to get there without some kind of mishap to get to that location. Not once. Right. But I think the worst mishap going to Donnelly, and we've had to fight some floods for sure. We've had to bail in a, uh, we actually had to wait out going to Donnelly one year because the river was flooded over so we couldn't cross we couldn't cross <laughs> but the worst by far was um taking your sister t- taking <laughs> my younger sister <laughs> to experience she doesn't get out first of all she doesn't get outdoors much she loves level. the outdoors she loves the outdoors but but she doesn't get out much and so and for her to even go to a hundred-year-old cabin with no electricity, no running water. That's a huge, huge thing because that's just not her lifestyle. You know, she's like, you know, nice hotels and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So for her to go... A cabin with, you know, all amenities. Yeah, right, (laughs) right, right. So... Which, I mean, which I understood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I... Begged her to try right. and experience it on our level, and she was very willing. She so was very willing. The day that we went, however, of, it was it wasn't bad weather uh, down south in Atlanta. But by the time we got to Teleco Plains, Tennessee, uh, there was snow on the ground, 
and it was um, they had they had about three inches of snow, and so uh, we started going up this forest road to get to the cabin, and it was very obvious very soon that the roads were a bit slick, and it was going to be a little bit of a push, literally, <laughs> to get up and over this ridge to go back down to Donnelly Cabin, and it's a it is a uh, it's a forest road, man. I mean, it's you you it you're about ten miles into this forest road, so it's not like it's right off the main road. So you go back in there quite a bit, and so everything was fine up until we started. We needed we needed to go up one more ridge. It was a little bit steeper, and my car couldn't make it up. The hell! <laughs> it, it might have been the fact that we had loaded it down with. Yeah, we, we had we had a bunch of stuff in there because we had four people, right? So um, <laughs> it it there was a turn. I only needed to make it up this one last hill, and so I went to go turn. I gave it gas, and the the my car just wanted just it had a mind of its own. So it kind of. It backed into a drainage ditch. Luckily, it hit the drainage ditch because the other side of the mountain was a sheer cliff. Oh, yeah, it was so, a sheer cliff. But so when we were lucky. It, the, the road pitched to the left on the turn. I gave a gas. The back end just, 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 it was ice. And so it pitched to the left and went into the drainage ditch. And there we were in a drainage ditch. 10 miles off of a mountain road. We were about three miles away from the cabin, 10 miles away from the main road. <laughs> And so um, people were panicking. and um, But, you know, the thing is with all these forest roads, no matter where you go, really, um, especially in the southeast. Now, I'm not going to make this claim out in the west, but I will make this claim in the southeast. There are people out here all the time out, out on these forest roads. I mean, all the time. So... If you ever do get stuck, it's just going to be a matter of time when someone's going to drive by. And sure enough, about 10 minutes later, someone drove by. And they tried to help us out. They tried to get the car out. There's no go. So they were nice enough to take everybody out um, down the road and get to the Ranger while I stayed with the car. And uh, it all ended up good. We had to stay in a hotel the night. We did. We had to go about 30 miles away (laughs) and stay in a hotel. But... Um, you might add, you might ask, why did we just not hike the three miles into the cabin? Oh, we had a bunch of stuff in the car. I <laughs> so, mean, there was a bunch of crap We in just saw entirely a whole story altogether. However, yeah. um, it all worked out. Um, we ended up in a hotel room yeah. full of amenities, playing cards right. all night long. So it worked out. So and, it and, was and, and still a, a wonderful time with my and sister. And in 24 hours, in 24 <laughs> hours from the time it happened... My car was being uh, towed out, and the cool thing about that is that, um, and just kind of like give you a little tip on how that works. If you, if a ranger, if a ranger calls the tow company for you, and this is the key. If you are ever stuck on a forest road, and the best thing to do is find a ranger, a Department of Natural Resources ranger, because that your car is officially blocking the forest road. If a ranger calls that in, um, we were I, we were a hundred percent covered on our insurance, and that toll bill to told me out of that ditch was two hundred fifty bucks. So, um, and my insurance paid a hundred percent of that, which was cool. Um, I didn't know that, 
but if a law enforcement person tows your car or tells your car has to be towed, I guess that's 100% covered. Um, good to know. It was the only time I've ever had to have my car towed out of a forest road in 20 years of backpacking. And of course, it was the day I meet your sister <laughs> for the yeah. first time. So so, this, which, this, is, um, which is Trail Blunder 10.5. That, um, yeah, that Trail Blunder was a little bit of a big Trail Blunder, only because yeah. it was the very first time you had ever met my sister. And it has gone down in infamy in my family as... When things go wrong, yeah. but but we but we saved but. the ham, and, and that was the most important part of the story. Is that the ham was saved? And I think my sister likes them somewhat. The ham? You? Oh well, maybe I don't know. Still, That's still up for debate. Still, the jury's still out on <laughs> the that one. The jury's still out on that one. <laughs> All right, you guys. So those are our top ten. Most humorous blunders, blunders out on, on the, the trail. trail, and and the funny thing is, is that you know, um, for it, it all of that, all of the blunders and all of the things that went wrong, gear failures, car failures, being lost. You know, the thing is, is that you know, you just don't panic. You have a plan. Um, you know, whether you have a map, whether you have a general idea of where you're going to go, you tell people where you're going to go. You let, you know, we at, of every place we've ever gone, we've always, people have always known our itinerary and they've always known where we were going to be. So the blunders sometimes don't, you know, they're not as bad because you have a backup plan. So, because things will go wrong on the trail, guarantee it. <laughs> they will go wrong. But that's and the adventure. And that is absolutely part of the adventure. And so, um, yeah, just trusting that things are going to be okay and trusting that you're going to work through them. Um, it's very similar to your New Year's resolutions. Yep. Fall a lot, but get back up. Yep. So anyway, thanks everybody for listening to this podcast. I hope you had a little bit of laugh at our expense. Uh, we don't take life too seriously. We definitely laugh at ourselves often. <laughs> um but I really appreciate everybody listening. Thank you for the emails. Uh, please keep them coming. Our podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, you can also check out our podcast on thebackpacker.tv where we have blogs and posts. And you can also check out our YouTube video, The Backpacker TV also. So anyway, thanks everybody for watching. Periscope, thank you. Uh, and we will see everybody next week. Bye, you guys. In the meantime, trust the trip. Bye.